And if you like my radio show, you'll love my comedy album, Adam Sank, live from the Stonewall Inn. <gasps> oh, my goodness. What? Fellatio? Really? Available on Amazon, iTunes, and Google Play. Warning. The program you're about to hear contains highly offensive and indecent material. Ryan, pull down your pants. <laughs> JB, you start sucking. The host, a comedian of questionable talent, speaks incessantly on topics of a sexual and scatological nature. I will fuck you, but I will not eat you. I want that fucking dick down my throat while I'm dicking him down. I okay. hope my mother's listening. Your ass became a rosebud? Yeah, that's because I got dicked down real good. So. <laughs> he asks questions of his celebrity guests that are highly inappropriate and rude. Which of you has a bigger penis? Oh, that's a good one. That's a fun, good one. Going down on the clitoris? Oh, yes. Oh, I Absolutely. like where you're going with yep. this. For some reason, the word strap-on just comes right out of my mouth, Bianca. Yeah, you said come and strap-on at the same time. <laughs> and he cannot stop talking about his buttocks. I think your butt is telling you, no mas, por favor. <laughs> this is the Adam Sank Show. If it's in my hand, I'm going to suck it. Powered by DNR Studios. <laughs> and now... The one, the only... And we're back. This is our first new ass episode since August 11th. We are live today. I'm Adam Sank. You're listening to The Adam Sank Show. Uh, if you are listening live at 11 a.m. Eastern Time on Saturday, September 8th, then call us at 844-825-5367. Leave your ratings and reviews of The Adam Sank Show on iTunes or wherever the hell else you listen to this thing. Email me at adam at adamsank.com. Email ryan at ryan at adamsank.com. Like the Facebook page. And for God's sake, register to vote, you filthy animals. Yes. With me, as always, is my co-host, the birthday boy himself, Ryan Frostig. Hey, queen. And also, JB behind the board. We are all a little... JB, we can't hear you what? Hi, hi. Hi, honey. Hi. We're all a little frantic and frenetic right now, and it is 100% my fault. I had a tooth ripped out of my head yesterday. How was that? Not fun. Uh, it's one of the biggest teeth that I own. It's uh, one of my lower back molars, the second to last one, that big giant chomper. And it was uh, diseased and defective and had to come out. And so um, as a result, I'm on Percocet which feels fantastic. Thank you. But when I got to the studio, I discovered that I, for the first time in a year and a half of doing the show, I left my folder filled with material and content at home. As you do when you're on Percocet. Yes. yes. So I would have had nothing to talk about today on the show. My I voice wouldn't have... is like four octaves lower than it usually is. Yeah. And you're also kind of low. Is yeah, Ryan's a uh, level I, I, low? I, he's up. I'm bringing Can him up. Can you hear I'm me now? I can't hear. I'm I hear myself it. beautifully. But I hear I, you beautifully as well. Thank you. But I also. But anyway, so I'm fucked up. And um, <laughs> so we were in, all in a mad dash to print out all of the stories that we're going to talk about on the show today. I apologize to everyone. Um, but like I said, I'm high as <laughs> fuck. And, we are. Yes, queen. Yes. and this is not a good show to be high for because um, I'm actually... What? Are you sure? Are you sure you shouldn't be telling me this now? Oh, JB, <laughs> if you're high too, then we are all in trouble. I am not. I know Ryan's high. not. I'm always high. Baby. Oh, God. Oh, dear. Well, listen, today's show is important because our celebrity guest is um, someone that I've wanted to get on the show ever since I had a show. Mm -hmm. And I'm really freaking out because she's someone that I, I know from my childhood Deeply, intimately, I feel like I grew up with her. It's Alison Arngrim who played Nellie Olson on the iconic hit series Little House on the Prairie. Um, One of the OG villains. Yes, she was a fantastic, and she was a child villain, which yes, you don't get to see a which lot is great. of. She was so awesome on that show. She's a hilarious person, uh, comedian, author, goes around the country with her one woman show, Confessions of a Prairie Bitch. So we'll be talking to her a little later, and one of our listeners said we should call today's show Four Nelly Queens, because <laughs> it's the three of us, plus, plus the original Nelly. Um, so that's exciting. Also, I have a big announcement, which is that you can now, listeners, you can now email JB. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes, you can. JB has a public... Oh. Oh. Wait, uh, phone's ringing. Uh, Before we get the phone. Uh, That's very exciting. I love that new <laughs> little feature. I know. We get this like flashing like, red oh light. Oh, my God. A caller. 
But write this down, everyone. JB's email address is JB, spelled J-A-Y-B-E-E, at adamsank.com. You just interrupted your own email address. (laughs) JB at adamsank.com. So you can email JB privately and tell him your fantasies, your fears, your hopes, your dreams. Yes. Um, as I well said, as dick pics. Dick pics. Dick yes. pics. Dick pics. Everything. <laughs> Everyone's been, um, as I mentioned, it's Ryan's birthday tomorrow. It sure is. Happy birthday. You're 27. 27 going on 47. We had a little uh, party. Well, you had a little party for yourself and also your uh, friend Allie, mm-hmm. whose birthday it was last night on a rooftop in Brooklyn. It was fabulous. Uh, nobody thought to put out any chips. Adam. Peanuts. Let me know. I was late vegetables. to my own birthday, of course. I was in a cab. And Adam made sure to let me know all the problems with the party before well, I arrived. Well, can I just say something? If you're going to throw a party, you need to serve your guests something. Yeah, I feel like you can't come to someone's house and have no food and alcohol. Well, like, I ordered about $100 worth of pizza. However, it was not there when Miss Sank And we should arrived. point out that $100 worth of pizza means three pizzas. Yes. Yeah, well, in that includes the tip. The tax, the delivery fee. But it wasn't a lot of food. Now, it turned out that it wasn't a real eating crowd. No. But as a Jew, yes, I find it offensive when, when you're invited no to someone. Even if I have someone over to, like, I don't know, uh, go over a, a, an assignment with me for, some, for work, I put something out. You must serve people when they come into your home. A, li- I, a little something. A little food. And, a little and, and the alcohol, the bar, quote unquote, was like three six packs and a bottle of champagne for the whole party. Well, Why? I'm so glad that you were there. I had a I'm wonderful so glad time. you had a wonderful time. Happy I'll be birthday. Sure, thanks. It was so much. It sounds like a hood. It's um, like a real hood ratchet. It was. Event. It was ratchet. I also I loved every minute of it. I also want to mention uh, that this past weekend, Ryan and I were in the Hamptons for the wedding of two of our closest friends and uh, people who Listeners, listen to the ass. Yes, it's Nick Deo and Donovan Jones. They had a beautiful wedding. I hope they're listening now. I hope they're listening. I know they'll be listening Congrats, to the replay. Boys. Yes. They are a fabulous couple. We had a wonderful we love you time. Guys. It was beautiful. It was a beautiful wedding. It was very gay. Very gay. There were many shenanigans happening the whole weekend that we won't go into for various for reasons. For various reasons. But um but yeah. So is do we have a caller? Yes, yes we do. Okay, caller, you say what? Hey there, it's Charles. It's Charles from Cornhole, ladies and gentlemen. How are you, my dear? Happy birthday, Ryan. Thank you, Charles. Um, your photos were uh, of the wedding were wonderful, by the way. I enjoyed seeing those very much on Facebook. Thank so, you. I, I wanted to call to say hi, welcome back. And the other thing I wanted to say is I actually have met Ms. Ongram. Of course you have. Uh, yes, I was president in 1996, a million years ago, of an organization called the Valley Business Alliance in Burbank. And we used to have monthly dinner speakers at our monthly dinners. And Allison came to speak to us one time, and one of the things that happens when you're the dinner speaker is you have your dinner at the president's table. So she sat next to me, and we had a wonderful conversation. So even if you don't have all of your source material with you, Adam, I think you and and Allison will be able to wing it. Well, Allison I'm not worried about because I know that show like the back of my hand, and I I do have all the questions. that I had prepared for her. I just don't have any of the news stories that I talk about. So, but thank oh, you, gotcha. Charles. And uh, I will Alrighty. let Allison know that you say hello. Yes, indeed. She she won't remember me, but that's quite all right. How it's could been anyone 22, forget you? It's been 22 years. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you for listening. It's lovely to hear your voice after a month of, of our being off. Good, good talking to you. Have a great show. Bye, Charles. Bye, honey. Bye. All right, so I want to whip through these stories. Let me just make sure that I... Oh, I have to mention the Adam Sank Show has been nominated for a podcast award. They like us. They really like us. We were nominated in something called the Feast of Fools LGBTQ category. I don't know why we're fools. Well, Um, really? Are you sure? Do you really have to question that? Well, it's weird. That's the only, like, gay category, and I don't know why it's it's Feast Feast of of Fools. Fools. But I love a feast. I do like feast. And... I am very foolish. Same here. And we're both You're foolish, foolish today. As of as of this yeah. morning. Mm-hmm. Well, um, it's exciting to yes. be nominated, and we are nominated alongside Derek and Romaine, who won the award last year. So the good news for the listeners is you guys don't have to pick which one you like better. You don't have to vote. But it, the, the nomination process was was the only part that listeners are involved in. Now it's up to like a panel of mm-hmm. like, right. a, like a jury to decide. Sure. So. 
I would love it if we won. If we didn't, it's Derek an and Romaine must win yes. again. Yes, yes, yes. Um, they are also nominated in a second category, a, a listener's choice category for like uber popular podcasts. So Cute. I wish them luck. I wish us luck. It's luck. And thank you for everyone who nominated us. Okay. First topic, M&M. No. Not the candy. I'm so... I was just thinking I would love an M&M right now. Do we have those, <laughs> do we have those here? No. That's not available right now. Great. But Eminem, the, the hip-hop artist, um, has been accused in the past of being homophobic and rapping, uh, writing and rapping homophobic lyrics. Um, well, he has a new album out. He dropped an album, mm. surprisingly, which is what people do nowadays. They, drop an album, drop a load. Exactly. <laughs> Lots of dropping. And... Um, and apparently, so there's this other hip-hop artist named Tyler, the creator. Mm -hmm. And apparently Tyler maybe came out of the closet a little bit earlier this year. Do you know about this, JB? Yeah. No, I'm not that hip on pop culture or rap culture. I had a man for that, but then he vanished. Uh, so now I don't keep in touch. Well, Tyler <laughs> um, made reference in one of his songs on his album to a boyfriend that he had in high school. And a lot of people felt like this was his coming out. Um, he has since said, like, no, that's not what I meant. But regardless, in Eminem's new album, he raps, Tyler, create nothing. I see why you called yourself a faggot, bitch. It's not just because you lack attention. It's because you worship D12's balls. You're sacrilegious. If you're going to critique me, you better at least be as good or better. Okay. So, first of all, that's garbage. Second of all... Eminem is one of the greatest rappers of the past 20 Correct. years. Yes. He's, he really is is an incredible um, artist. He's a white person that's allowed to say the N-word. Yes. yes. He, he, he got, definitely... He You've right. given him your permission. Uh, every black person has given him Every black person, <laughs> yes. He yeah. definitely has the support <laughs> of black people. Yeah. However, not only are those lyrics offensive, they're not... Good. I mean, it's they're not they're like not clever. They're not clever. It I mean, sound very to me. I, I, it doesn't. Weak. Well, and the thing is, in the past, uh, his defenders and I was one of them because I think he is brilliant. Yeah. And, and I recognize that sometimes when he raps, he's in character, mm -hmm. and his character may be homophobic, but that doesn't mean he is. Right. But in this particular case, he's Eminem, and he's going after someone solely right. for for possibly being gay or bisexual. Um. What's weird about this is that uh, Justin Vernon, who sings with a, a group called Bon Iver, which mm -hmm. I'm not familiar with, yeah. he, Justin Vernon actually sings on the track. And when he heard the track as a whole, he was really upset and said, like, I'm, I'm going to try to kill this track. Like, I do not respond to this. I wasn't there when Eminem rapped these lyrics in wow. the studio. Um, he asked them to change it, and they wouldn't. And also weighing in on it is the lead singer of Imagine Dragons, who's mm -hmm. always like a really terrific straight ally. Yeah, he's an amazing ally. He's that Mormon who's like yeah. trying to change the Mormon church to be less uh, homophobic. I cannot find his name right now. We did now a story because, about him, right? Yes, my material's all fucked up. But so uh, people are really giving it to Eminem, and a lot of people on Twitter are, are saying like, it's 2018, you, you can't, this yeah, is not dude. okay anymore. Yeah. So meanwhile, another story of homophobia in the hip-hop community is a rapper Wait, named I'm sorry quick question because he mentioned something about being critiqued was he actually critiqued by him I guess you know these 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 hip-hop artists are constantly dissing each other they're always mm -hmm. having these rap battles yeah, so like maybe Nikki Tyler said some whatever her face is yes so maybe Tyler said some shit about him I don't know I mean because my, my whole thing is like if, if you guys are in a rap feud then no holds barred whatever at least make sure at least make your lyrics pop it but 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 if you and I are in a feud JB, I can like diss you for I don't know the way you dress, the way you talk, what something about. I can't diss you for being black. That's not cool. Uh, you can't diss someone for being gay. That's yep. just hateful. That's not a. That's not something that's that's a flaw or or something bad. And when you when you act like it is, you're hurting the entire community. Mm -hmm. Okay, I see your your. Okay, I see your statement. Like it's just not cool. Another rapper. And his name is Dan Reynolds, the Magic Dragon. Yes, he's mm -hmm. the one we love. Um, another rapper in hot water over his comments this week is Young Buck, who I've never heard of before. Did, did uh, you know G him? G Unit. He's a member of G Unit. Oh, yeah, G Unit. Yes. What's that. G Unit? 50 Cent. 50 Cent. People, his, when, he, when 50 Cent first came out, he was rapping G Unit real hard in all his songs. 
it was them crew. But the only person who really made it was 50 Cent. Everyone else just fell off. Well, he's kind of fallen off. But what happened with Young yeah. Buck was... I mean, in the music career, but like not like producers. I'm so sorry. Yeah, yeah. It... <laughs> Get to the story. Sorry. No, that's okay. We're distracted. Um, I also can't find page two of this, so this whole thing is going to be a mess. But a, <laughs> a trans woman named Glamour Perfect, P-U-R-F-E-K, claimed on Instagram that she had had sex with Young Buck, that they had engaged in a romantic relationship, and she posted screenshots and a video of herself allegedly performing oral sex on him. Now, whether it was really him in the pictures in the video, whether or not she was actually blowing him remains to be seen. But of course, the hip hop world went crazy. Mm -hmm. And there was all kinds of homophobia and transphobia that was going on in reaction to this. And then Young Buck himself videotaped his response. Take a listen to this. Check this out real quick. Let me go on and address this real, real fast real quick. Ain't shit gay about me. I ain't got a problem with no gay people. Whatever the fuck you niggas thought you seen on the tape, nigga, that ain't no motherfucking tape or no motherfucking punk sucking my dick. But for you bitch ass nigga or niggas, cook up in particular, nigga, since you wanna jump on the Instagram and play all these old gangsta ass roles like you that, bitch ass nigga, why don't you just pull up and keep that same energy, nigga? You give me the location, I'll give you the location. Keep that same energy and say all this old hoe-ass shit that you want to say on the gram. Say it to my face. We can do it on the live, too, you bitch-ass nigga. This what you want? You suck-ass nigga? Come get the real energy, though. Because you know what's up, nigga. Young Buck is also available for children's parties. Yeah. <laughs> great, great speaker. Great public speaker. So I have several thoughts about this. Yes. First of all, the hip hop community really needs to deal with its transphobia. Mm-hmm. New Seal's whole gay phobia in general. Yes, but it seems to me that being trans is the worst thing you can be in in the hip hop community, and they don't seem to grasp that if a man has sex with a trans woman, that doesn't make him gay. Right. Because we are gay men, mm-hmm. and I don't want to speak for all gay men, mm-hmm. but most gay men want to have sex with men. Right. Correct. That's why we identify as gay. Exactly. Yes. If we wanted to have sex with women, mm-hmm. which we is what a trans women. woman is, right. we would be straight or bi. So I just think there's such confusion and such rage. Secondly, what you thought you saw, I mean, that sounds like a Trump thing. Like, don't believe your own eyes. That's not right. me getting blown by Glamour Perfect. And the last thing I'll say about this is she's fucked up. Mm-hmm. You don't fucking... Uh, uh, you don't post revenge porn. Right. You don't take pictures or video of someone else having sex with you and put it online. Right. That's yeah. fucking wrong and a huge invasion of his privacy. Yeah. So she's not a hero in They're this story. They're both wrong here. And why would she do it other than to hurt him or get, get notoriety for herself? Publicity. Or... Yeah. I mean, two, two things that stuck out to me in this, watching the video and listening to it, it it's not... It, it's, Okay, he addresses her, but then it sounds like he's talking about someone who ran to his DM and talked about him specifically. It just sounds like it's coming from someone that he knows. And because at the end, of the, at the end of it, he's pretty much he's pretty much saying "fight me" to whoever. I, I think it's to her. Like. I think he's referring to her. See, but then okay, seeing seeing the rap community and, and knowing them, when they have problems with the trans people, they would just call them out point blank. He, he never called her after that. He never mentioned her. I don't think he wanted to say the name. I, I he, feel he, like... Because remember he said, her. like, you ho-ass, you suck-ass, you, you want to say this about me, say it to my face. Right, but then... She, you think, think, you think he's it. responding just to... People. Critics. Yes. Who are saying, like, oh, you're gay. Look yes. Away. Maybe. Either way, it's gross. Glamour Perfect, if you're listening... Not so perfect. Give us a call. <laughs> you ain't so perfect. Give us a call at 844-825-5367. We would still love to hear your story. We would love to have you on the show. Tell us about how Young Buck's dick tasted. Okay. Speaking of people who may or may not be 100% heterosexual... Yes. Uh, Lucas Hodges. Hedges? Excuse me. Hedges. Yes. Thank you, Ryan. You're That's welcome. why you're here. Um, you guys know who Lucas Hedges is? Yeah, he's that cute, scrawny guy from what was that movie he was in um well he was in ladybird right and before that he was amazing in a movie called manchester by the sea that was the one that he was incredible in that. he was nominated for an oscar for that yeah well in an interview with vulture he said quote i recognize myself 
as existing on that spectrum. He's talking about the sexual spectrum. Not totally straight, but also not gay, and not necessarily bisexual. He continued, in the early stages of my life, some of the people I was most infatuated with were my closest male friends. That was the case through high school. I think I was always aware that while, for the most part, I was attracted to women. Um, I felt ashamed that I wasn't 100% straight because it was clear that one side of my sexuality presents issues and the other doesn't, blah, blah, blah. So I'm reading this and I'm like, okay, that's kind of cool. Yeah. But then I see that Hedges will appear in the gay conversion drama Boy Erased, opening theaters in November. Uh-huh. So this was all a ploy just to... I, I hate people. Sam we're Smith. Not, don't you we're think not you saying, but we're saying. Don't you think that every time one of these guys says, like, I'm not totally straight, right. it's because they've got some shit to promote. Yeah. Remember they, Aaron Carter and yeah. his whole thing? Uh, um, Andrew, uh, Andrew, Andrew Garfield. Garfield. Yeah. I mean, Andrew didn't actually say he, he wasn't straight. He just was like, I haven't played in that part of the garden yet. Right. That's my Andrew Garfield impression. Gay teasing counts. It's gay baiting. It's just, it's bullshit. It's like, and don't tell me, what does this mean? Not totally straight, but also not gay and not necessarily bisexual. Well, Bitch. Here's, here's what I'll say so to you're, that. So you're nothing. You're, you have no sexuality. <laughs> you're nothing. <laughs> nothing. Um, nothing. Here's what I'll say. For me, I need, I identify as gay. I am a gay man and I grew up with the, Very gay. the understanding of like labels. It just it helps it helps to make sense. I don't think we have to label people. People can do be suck, eat, whatever, whatever they want. But I do feel like we're entering this new sort of we're all on the spectrum, we're all a little gay, we're all fluid, you know, there's no there's no Bullshit. labels are kind of on their way out. So I think that there is probably an audience of people that identify to this and whether or not it's true or not i think it like you know it has some value but i just feel like pick 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 a lane to paraphrase sex in the city if you're not gonna suck a dick you're not gay no it's <laughs> if you're not you say? if you're not gonna eat puss or if you don't eat pussy you're not a lesbian exactly that's what i say to lucas hedges if you're not gonna suck a dick you're straight or eat booty yes Two men who are definitely not straight, apparently, hmm. were two priests busted inside of a car in Florida, blowing each other in broad daylight. This is actual audio from inside the car. I was actually driving the car. Yes. Did you get a good tip? <laughs> they were in the back seat. Ryan was their Uber driver. Yeah, I picked up a side gig. This <laughs> happened in Miami Beach. 39-year-old Diego Berrio and 30-year-old Edwin Geraldo Cortez were visiting Miami from Chicago, where they both work at Mission San Juan Diego Parish. Uh, police got a 911 call about a lewd and lascivious incident taking place on Ocean Drive. Uh, when the officers arrived, they found the two priests performing sex acts on each other in full view of the public passing by. <laughs> I think they're like... Choking. Yeah. The priests the priests were so intent on what they were doing they didn't even notice a policeman standing outside the vehicle. <laughs> Listen, when you're in it, you're in it. Girl. You're in it, girl. <laughs> a Miami Beach police spokes Miami Beach I'm so high. A Miami <laughs> Beach police spokesman said there's a time and a place for everything, and this certainly was not the time and place. So <laughs> what I have to say to this is at least they were sucking each other and not a child. Exactly. Yes. So it's a. I think it's a happy story. I think it's a no very, children were harmed in this exactly. story. Exactly. Two it, priests enjoying each other's company. They're praying real hard to the point the clothes had to come off. That's right. <laughs> and also, people have pointed out that they look almost exactly alike. Oh, that's interracial. They. <laughs> no, they're both no. Latin. It's also like yeah. It's it, it's it's very cliche. Incest. Uh, incest. They're yeah. boyfriend twins. Yeah. So I say they should leave the priesthood and uh, move to Miami Beach and live happily ever after and suck dick anytime they want in the privacy of their own home. Um, they were both charged with lewd and lascivious conduct. Uh, and I'm sure there's going to be consequences when they get back to their parish in Chicago. But like Ryan said, there were no children. And exactly. so we are, we're not mad about this live story. Live your truth. Exactly. Um, on a much, much darker note, 
we talked a couple months ago about this um, murder case out in California. A, uh, a gay guy named Blaze Bernstein um, was found murdered in January, having been stabbed 20 times in the face and chest before getting dumped in a shallow grave. This was in Lake Forest, California. And they knew from the beginning that the main suspect was this guy, Samuel Woodward. At first, they thought the two of them may have been romantically linked, um, that, they, that they knew each other. And by the way, it, it's crazy that someone named Woodward is accused of killing someone named Birdstein. <laughs> it's like the weirdest thing ever. Anyway, this gets really, really sick, though. It turns out that Woodward, um, his phone contained a wide variety of anti-gay and anti-Semitic images, many of them tied to a neo-Nazi group called Adam Waffen. And one of the things that he allegedly did, that, by the way, he met the victim uh, via Snapchat, according to police, and Woodward picked up Bernstein in his car the night of the crime under the auspices of meeting for sex. So it was like a, 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 a bait and switch. Um, apparently, he took pictures of the murdered corpse and sent them to gay men on Grindr to terrorize them. Wow. That's disturbing. That's not okay. He's super, super fucked up. Allegedly. Allegedly? Allegedly. I mean, you know, maybe someone's into that, but... Nobody's into that. I think that we can... What is wrong with you? I don't know. Listen, I have been sent many disturbing things on Grindr and Uh, Scruff. Including a, a, a murdered body? Not yet, but... We'll see. I, I hope not. I hope that's I, not I'm not way. saying I I'm hoping for it or anyone else. Yet. You didn't say oh no. But I'm just saying it, I, it's not it's not do. my experience. But if it does, I will act accordingly and I will be but disturbed. Please talk. report it to the police if that happens. Defense attorneys for Woodward have argued that he suffers from autism and sexual confusion, whatever that is. Whoa. Neither of which is a defense of murder. By exactly, the way. autism does not make you look look for people to kill. It makes you sheltered. Well, to yourself. You know, it's weird. Autism, I never heard of autism being linked to any kind of violence until the Sandy Hook uh, massacre Mm -hmm. when that teenager, Adam, the fuck was his name? I don't remember. He was severely autistic Mm -hmm. and he, you know, was this big gun collector and was obsessed with violence and, and, and killed all those children. And since then, there's been several cases of these shooters um, possibly being on the autism spectrum. And, and I certainly don't want to um, characterize people who are on the spectrum as being violent. The vast majority of them are right. not. But um, there does seem to be a, a type of um, spectrum disorder that, that can lead people toward violence. It's just terrifying to me. But sexual confusion, that's the oldest defense in the world. That's the gay right. panic defense. Right, right. Anyway, if he's convicted, he... Uh, could face life in prison without parole, and I hope that I he hope gets that it. I hope that he gets it, too. Yeah. In a much lighter uh, story, but still a little creepy. <laughs> I think all the stories today are a little... Uh... I know. Is anybody watching this season of Big Brother? Derek mm, is. No. That's Derek okay. Hartley? Yeah. I, I've never liked Big Brother. I think it's the most boring show on television. I, I only watched the season. I know uh, one of the winners, Andy Heron. He was on like four or five seasons ago. How well do you know him? Not that well. Not biblically. Mm-mm. Well, there is a contestant this season named J.C. Mundui, Mundui, who is a uh, a very short uh, oh, model. The guy who sexually harassed another guy, like kissed his neck or something. That is the story. So <laughs> we're gonna spoil it, JB. <laughs> Thank you, JB, for giving away the punchline. So J.C. Mundui is not a little person officially. He's five foot one. He's a twenty eight year old professional dancer from Florida and model and he's got kind of a hot little body um but he's created all kinds of problems on the set of big brother and uh the latest thing is he was caught on camera kissing fellow house guest tyler crispin on the armpit armpit and rubbing crispin's leg while crispin slept he also reportedly opened the bathroom door on uh a contestant named Haley bruchet and refused to give her privacy even as she called for production to intervene um, the next morning on the show, this was caught on, you know how they have like Big Brother after hours where you mm-hmm. can stare yeah. at them while they sleep? It's the creepiest fucking thing. So strange. So viewers noticed this. They saw uh, 
what the fuck's his name? JC, like sort of fondling and kissing and rubbing this guy and they freaked out. And the next day on the show, Tyler was like, oh, I didn't sleep at all last night because uh, JC was all over me. So in response to the outrage that viewers expressed, CBS released a statement saying, uh, we reviewed the tapes immediately. We spoke with all three of the house guests separately in detail about the incidents. Um, Tyler and Halle explained to producers that they in no way felt threatened, unsafe, or sexually harassed. If there was any indication from our house guests of sexual misconduct, we at CBS would have taken immediate reaction, uh, immediate action. So basically nothing's going to happen to him. The show continues. The, the alleged victims basically said, we're okay. Don't do anything to him. That's nice. But if there's someone like me who's a big giant was doing that, they would be like, oh, I feel threatened. Well, that's true. Like, because the only reason they don't feel threatened is because they can overpower this short little man. Or maybe they just like him. You know, he, they consider him a friend, and it's different. If, I mean, if you were, like, a close friend of theirs, listen, I think... There are boundaries. You don't go and watch someone pee, be a close friend. That's not, that's well, not okay. Depends I mean, on what bar you're at. Sure. Uh, I, I, uh, I just think, like, if someone is sleeping, unless they're your partner, your, your you boyfriend, your girlfriend, don't, don't touch someone when they're yeah. sleeping. That is the definition of no consent. Sure. But, I don't know. Go ahead. Well, no, I was just going to say, I don't know what this says about me, but I am most curious about the armpit. <laughs> what it smelt like. What Ryan's it got a like. real thing for armpits. I do. I do. I mean, I'm sure it was, it was tasty. It wait, was he just, he just, wait, what, what did he do to the armpit? He just, he kissed it. He kissed it. it was okay. Like, That's sweet. It's <laughs> <laughs> my live sound effect. Um, so those were all the stories I wanted to do today. Uh, you, you know what I just... Oh, yes, go ahead. Do we have extra time? Yeah. We, we should talk about G&I. Okay, so let's talk about G&I for a minute. So uh, the weekend before this past weekend, the yes. weekend before last, two weekends ago, two Ryan weekends and ago. I went together to the Gay Naturist International Annual Gathering, and I was performing my naked comedy show, as I've done many times Which before. Which was wonderful. Thank you. And Ryan and I were naked for the entire weekend. And sure were. I don't know if you want me to go into what happened. A lot of shit happened. Well. Ryan was a bit of an animal. I was. Uh, it was a very enlightening experience. I made a lot of friends. Lifelong friends. I'm sorry. Was Ryan frosting actually frost pig this weekend? Such a frost pig. The, oh the most God. frost pig I've been in a very long time. <laughs> I will say that something may have happened on the front porch of a cabin while a group of people watched. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. That's all we'll you, say. you little piggy. Yeah. There were there were a couple events. It, it was it was Ass really great. Open to the wind. Stick it in. Here That's, I am. That was Ryan. That was me. His ass was open to the world. But we met, we met, I met a lot of listeners, which was nice. There were a lot of people uh, that were like, oh yeah, I've heard you in the show. And it was, uh, it was nice to put some faces to our many listeners. Absolutely. Yeah. We did have fans there and it was, it was wonderful. And I, I, I was always like, no autographs, there. please. No, not today. I'm naked. Okay. Let's oh, do it. Just penises. Just penises then. Oh yeah. Let's do a quick gay pride update before we get to our guest. Uh <laughs> Yes, our unlicensed Pride music. Gay Pride continues, Ryan. The summer may be over, but Pride continues. Before I get to that, I want to just say that India had a huge uh, uh, thing happen this week. Gay sex is no longer illegal in the nation of India. Amazing. Fantastic. They, they had a ban on same-sex uh, uh, relationships that was overturned by their highest court, and now people in India are free to love as they wish, which is fantastic. Yes. And celebrating Pride this week is Cabo Frio Brasil. Brasil. It is Hamilton Pride, which I, I first thought meant that but, the gay cast members of Hamilton were going out for drinks. But no, it is <laughs> Hamilton, New Zealand is celebrating Pride. And in Lexington, Kentucky this week, it is Kentucky Black Pride. Mm. I didn't know how many uh, states and cities had their own Black Pride celebrations. I don't know if that's a recent thing. I I think it's a down south thing because I feel like they mostly started down south. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, but we wish all of those people a wonderful, happy, and safe Pride, and we yes. will be continuing to update you on Pride celebrations until they end, we sometime at the end of October. Three sixty-five days a year. And now to our guest segment. 
I don't know if I've ever been this excited about one of our guests because this woman was an icon of my childhood. Vanity Fair magazine named her TV history's number one bitch for her portrayal of Nellie Olson on the hit series Little House on the Prairie, on which she appeared from 1974 to 1981. She currently tours the world in her hit one-woman show, Confessions of a Prairie Bitch. Please welcome to the ass, Ms. Allison Arngrim. Good morning. Good morning, Good Allison. Good morning, Allison. You have the same applause, cheering, laugh track that I have on my radio show. <laughs> it's important. <laughs> <The same> people. <laughs> no, that's our that's our live studio audience, yeah, Allison. There's, a, there's I, about a hundred people here. Of them. It's huge, huge. Yeah. <laughs> they are so excited that you're here. I am thrilled to have you on the show, and I want to thank our. Oh, thank you. Thrilled. I want to thank our mutual friend Glenn Scarpelli for. Uh, Glenn Scarpelli is like the nicest person ever. Oh, my God. But for those of you listening going, what? One day at a time. Glenn Scarpelli, awesome person. The best. We've had him on the show. And uh, it's it's so funny to me how so many uh, former child stars know one another, even if you were on totally different shows. And it, 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 a long time ago... We didn't all hang out as much. I mean, unless you, you know, Battle of the Network stars, Toys for Tots, mm -hmm. telethons, you know, we would meet at things as kids. And there was also the famous casting room at Screen Gems where every kid actor came in for TV movies and so people would see each other. But we didn't hang out too much. But in the last few years, because of things like Paul Peterson's Minor Consideration and child stars, people having problems, we sort of united, and now there's, like, secret Facebook pages where, like, all the child stars can, like, talk to each other and stuff. So now it's great. Everybody's, like, back in touch with everybody, which is awesome. And then, of course, with, with Glenn, you know, he's out there in, in Sedona, and uh, there was a big film festival, and he made sure I got out there, and I was able to do my show and hang out at the film festival and hang out with Glenn. He's just, he's just awesome. Yeah, we, we reunited with the TV Land Awards, which was amazing. Oh, right. He, he, Glenn and I were trophy boy and trophy girl at the TV Land Awards one year. Oh, how fun. Allison, we got to hand people their statues. I'm sure you hear this all the time from everyone, but I, I literally grew up with you. Um, awesome. Yes, I do. I do hear that all the time, and, but it never gets old. It's great. Thank and, you. And you were a child yourself when Little House started. Did you? Yeah, I was lucky because I was 12. I've been working since I was six. And I did a movie when I was 10. Like I did commercials and TV shows. And then I got Little House. I was just turning 12, which is good because I just, people have become really, really famous at seven and eight. I, I, I don't know how they do it. I don't know. At least I was 12 and I had some sense of self and separation between fantasy and reality. But 12 is still so young. And, and the show was such a, a, a phenomenon even in its day, as it was airing, it was it was a huge show. How what was it like as a child having everyone know you or think that they know you and hate me too? I, yeah. you know, I, I always laugh because I say people go into show business so that people will love them. That just didn't quite work in my day. Um, I became famous and people hated me. Uh, it was really weird. Luckily, I grew up in a showbiz family and everyone I knew was an actor. And I also adored villains growing up. So when I knew I'd gotten this job and I was the villain and my job was to make people get really angry and want to punch me in the face, um, I, went, I could go with that. So when people would freak out and say, you're so horrible. I hate you. I can't believe what you did to Laura. Instead of being upset, I was like, wow, I must, I nailed it. I nailed it. Good, good, good to know. And and to this day, I mean, the show was a huge phenomenon, was in the top ten, it was a big deal, and it ran for nine freaking years. But it's bigger now. Yeah. Because now it's, it's, it's in more platforms. It's in 140 countries. It's on all of these millions of cable channels, PAX and Inspiration and Cozy and Me. And then it's out on the DVDs and it's in the Blu-ray and the people are watching it on YouTube. So it's And I have people coming up to me now, 44 freaking years later, saying, oh, my God, you made me so mad. I, I hated you. I wanted to reach for the TV and punch you in the face. And I always say, thank you. Thank you. You're too kind. See, I loved you because the thing oh. about the thing about Nellie is she she seemed to enjoy herself so much. You played her. Yes, she, yes. there she, was a glee that I took in in doing that. And, and a real she was very calm. And, you know, she'd be inflicting. T terrible things on other characters, but she she was 
never got ruffled. I, I think I admired your confidence as a it was child. A kind of real sociopath that yeah. went on, but it was, yeah. Thank you so much for noticing those, those <laughs> lovely details. Thank well, you. Here's I the other weird thing. My work. I went on YouTube to try to find a clip of you of Nelly being a bitch to other people on the show. Mm-hmm. Could not find a single clip. Instead, I found <laughs> dozens of clips of Nelly being punished, being pushed down a hill, being spanked. Yeah. It's it's like if you didn't know the show and you only went on YouTube, you would think Nelly was like the town victim. The poor girl. I'm always pouring things over my head. Flour, paint, whatever, mud, water, eggs. Um, and, and it's because people so enjoyed seeing me get my comeuppance that, indeed, you go you go on YouTube and there's these fabulous mashup clip reels of every time Nelly got punched in the face or something dumped over her head. It's awesome. <laughs> And of course, being pushed down the, the hill in the wheelchair and winding Everyone's up in the creek, favorite. that right, you, you, uh, you actually show that clip in your one-woman show. I do. It's in my show. It is my favorite episode. It is everyone's favorite episode. And I mean worldwide. I mean, I meet people from countries from all over the world, and they're like, the one, the one where you go down the, the hill in the wheelchair. It is, the, yes, the down the hill in the wheelchair. Well, the episode is actually called Bunny, but the one where I pretend to be paralyzed and make Laura do all my work and torture everyone and make everyone suffer, and then Laura finds out I can walk and pushes me down a hill in a wheelchair. It's awesome! I mean, what job are you going to get? I mean, did they do that on the Brady bunch did they do this on the wall? Never. they did not you're not going to get a job where please sit in this wheelchair in a nightgown and ride down a hill nobody gets to do this except me was there a stunt woman or did you actually take that ride both um they put me in the chair and there was a big powerful steel cable on the back and it started down the hill and they stopped it on the cable so they got that initial you know you see me bounce as i start to head down then they had a stunt woman, a very professional stunt woman, do that full shot down the hill because she did that giant fly into the air somersault and hit the water. I do not do mid-air somersaults. I draw the line there. <laughs> um, and then they took me to another hill that was less steep but longer. And they put me in the chair, and they had the camera on a dolly and just kind of went, go, and let me go banging down that hill at full speed with no seat belts or safety equipment, wearing a nightgown and my underwear and bedroom slippers. And, yeah, it was kind of terrifying. Um, so I'm actually screaming at one point. <laughs> it was awesome. And then um, they had me get in the pond and come up spitting. So and You were always 19- getting doused. It's, I feel like you wound up in that yeah. pond so many times. They were always trying to drown me. Remember, there was the river where we actually could have drowned. Melissa Gilbert and I did get our Stuntman's Association patches for surviving the episode, the camp out, where we actually did have to get in the river. You guys were in in danger at one point? Kind of. I mean, they had the stunt girls doing one part, but there's a whole thing where, I mean, that river is super dangerous. We saw, like, professional whitewater rafters, people go rafting all the time, and then we'd like read in the paper the next day that they'd gone to the hospital and one of them had died. People drown in that river yeah. a lot. It's got undercurrents. And it's very strong. There's some waterfall. And it's also freezing cold, which makes it hard to swim. So we had on wetsuits under our clothes. But we had this thing where we were clutching a clump of bushes and we drift to shore and then paddle to shore. And it was just dicey enough, as they explained. They said, well, if you lose your balance and you fall into the water, you lose your grip. Um, We've got guys in the bushes, and you grab that first rope as you float down. And if you miss that rope, you grab the second rope, and the guys will save you. And I said, what happens if we miss the second rope? And they said, we pick up your bodies in the next town. Jesus. (laughs) It's like, that's it, kids. And, um, yes, it was pretty dicey, but we totally did it. And do you feel like in those days, like, safety standards aren't what they are today? I imagine that nowadays they... They probably wouldn't even put you guys in that position. Oh, God, they'd have CGI'd it or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, it, and now we were lucky because it was Little House. And, yeah, a lot of safety means things are much safer now. They're now, they, they're like, mm, maybe this is not such a good idea. Um, back then, they, they did take more risks. There were still, luckily some rules in place, but they, they were more risky. Um, they had a, a log. We were supposed to be clinging to a log in the water, and somebody contracted out, and they built this, like, fiberglass paper mache thing log, but they put the weight for ballast in the wrong place, so it wasn't really ballast. It was just really, really heavy. It had this center of gravity, and they tried it out, and it rolled over on the two stunt guys trying it out and almost killed them. Um, 
And then they tried a thing where they put dummies on the um, clump of bushes and tried to see what it looked like going over this one small waterfall. And um, it smashed to pieces, and the heads came off the dummies. Oh, my said, God. Yeah, let's not have that. And heads, we have the stunt women do it. No, let's not have anybody do that. Um, they, we tried stuff. We were, they were very safe on our set. We had an episode with bees, and mm-hmm. they were supposedly trained bees that won't sting you. And Michael Landon said, well, let me see these bees. And the guy's showing him his bees and saying, they never sting, they never sting. And the bee promptly stung Michael. And he went, yeah, you're fired. Um, We're not working with these bees. I feel like... He decided that... Yeah, we, uh, that I should not be covered in live bees, and yeah. they redid the I mean, When I yeah. think about all of the hardships and tragedies that befell the characters on Little House, it seemed like there was a yes. new pestilence every week. Uh, but the 1800s, people like died. <laughs> all, you were lucky to make it to the week in the 1800s. This is, it was horrible. We had, we had typhus. We had anthrax. 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 I remember the mutton. Yes. In fa- and, and then you the had... Mutton, the mutton, the mutton poisoning. That's anthrax. We had anthrax. We had typhus. We had... Uh, we had a whole, we had like, I think we had a small pot. Was it smallpox? Sure. Plague. We, Al- did, we had everything. Albert's so girlfriend, Sylvia, was raped by a mime. That Sylvia. was the scariest yeah. episode. Clown rape. Clown rape. Clown rape. On the pre- she wow. was raped by a man in a clown mime mask and, and becomes pregnant. She's like 14 and everyone accuses her of being a slut. And it's just horrible. And Mrs. Olson says all these terrible things. And Albert offers to marry her and take her away. And then they're getting ready to escape, and the guy comes back and kills her, so like she won't testify. Yeah, that was dark. It was a dark like show. Ah, Allison, hell. my favorite line of Nellie's, I think, of the whole series is when Laura is trying to um, doll herself up for Almanzo, and oh. Nellie says to her, "What you need, Laura Ingalls, is toilet water." Toilet water. That's a great one. Yes, <laughs> you need toilet water. She freaks out, and I'm like. Hello, eau de cologne, toilet water, well, get a what, grip, girl. What, oh, yeah. what, what was your actual relationship with Melissa Gilbert like? We, that's funny. We, we bonded immediately. We became best friends. We had slumber parties all the time. We would be beating the bejesus out of each other on TV and then make arrangements to go to each other's house for the weekend and have slumber parties and stay up all night and make fudge. Are you the same age? I'm 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 older. I'm older than everybody. I am two years older than Melissa Gilbert, and like a year older than Melissa Sue. But you were kind of in the same uh, cohort. Yep, yeah, exactly. We were in that. It was you know middle school girls. It's amazing. I always say it's amazing anybody you know didn't kill each other on the show because we were all that age. We we're that junior high middle school girls. So the fact that we got along as well as we did is basically a miracle. Um, but yeah, Melissa, I always think of her as my baby sister. We we still are friends today. Awesome. What was your relationship like with the actors who played Harriet and Nels? Uh, absolutely, yes. Surrogate parents, awesome people. Um, uh, Nels, Richard Bull, he just died a few years ago. Mm. Uh, lovely man. I would say he's the one we voted most like his character. He was the voice of reason, the calm guy in the set. Catherine McGregor, Mrs. Olsen, also a lot like her character. Much nicer than Mrs. Olsen, but definitely loud and eccentric and fabulous like Mrs. Olsen. And she is still with us. She's at the motion picture home in her 90s and still yelling at people. She's wow. Awesome. And you still visit her? I, no, I haven't been able to see her in simply ages. Because, well, she also, she's like, I don't want any visitors. So she, some days she wants visitors and some days she's like, piss off, get out of my room. Um... So I, I'm like, cool, call me if you want anything. Yeah. I always saw the two of you. I saw, I saw Harriet and Nellie as kind of a comedy duo. I loved whenever exactly, you had exactly. a scene that together. That woman is so funny. I mean, just brilliant. The stuff she did, because in the books, Mrs. Olsen doesn't really have as much. Nellie has quite a bit in the original books, and then they really expanded for the show. But Mrs. Olsen is kind of more interacting with... Uh, Caroline and Laura's just kind of afraid of her but Catherine came up with this brilliant thing she said okay yes she seems over the top but these books were written from a woman talking about her perspective as a nine-year-old girl right what would a nine-year-old girl think of this big imposing woman who owns the store and has all this power over her family she'd be terrifying she'd be a monster and so she she went there and that's why mrs olsen is so scary and so hilarious and she said and she's foolish people like this are always foolish right so it's brilliant 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 speaking of the books i watched an interview with you in which you said nelly was based on a real person from Laura Ingalls Wilder's life. What, what can you tell us about the real Nellie? Because I never knew anything about this. 
based on three people. See, this is the thing. Many people who love the books um, talk about the books like they're, they're, you know, holy writ, but it is in the historical fiction section of the library. Um, the characters, Laura Ingalls Wilder did change names of characters and change things around. There's like apparently not really a Doc Baker, and we added some things in the show, but she added things in the books. Uh, Mr. Edwards wasn't really named Mr. Edwards. It was composite. Nellie's a composite of three people. Nellie Owens, the real Nellie Owens of Walnut Grove, plus a woman named Stella Gilbert and a woman, uh, Genevieve Masters. And these were three girls she interacted with over a period of years because in the books... She has Nellie return for Little Town on the Prairie when they're teenagers. But that's not true. The Owens family didn't move to South Dakota. They left. They were off in Oregon making cheese in Tillamook. Um, so they're not there. So, but she, that was like Genevieve Masters. So the Wow, you really know your Little House shit. Oh, man. <laughs> it became a thing. Like during the show, we started hearing from like relatives of the Ingalls and getting bits and pieces of history, and we were reading the books. And then, but over the years, now, hooray, internet, I've been to my own grave. <laughs> wow. Nellie Owens is Nellie Owens Curry is buried in uh, just outside of Forest Grove, Oregon, in beautiful Forest Grove Cemetery. And um, her parents are William Owens and Margaret Owens were the real names of the people we call Nels and Harriet. Right. And uh, Nellie and Willie Owens. And Laura Ingalls Wilder decided to, she was still scared of her. They say she was still afraid she'd come after her. So she called her Olson. And, um, yeah, she married a guy named Curry and had three kids. And there's descendants. There's more descendants, I think, of Nellie than there are of the Ingalls because Laura oh. only had Rose Wilder, who didn't have any kids. Well, speaking so of Nellie's. Uh, speaking of Nellie's husband, Steve Tracy, who played your husband, yeah. Percival, on the show, yeah. died of AIDS-related complications in 1986, yep. and you yes. subsequently became an AIDS activist. Can you talk yes. a little bit about that? Indeed. Well, we're really good friends. I mean, when you're married on TV, you either love each other or hate each other. That's pretty much how married couples on TV work. And we hit it off, and we became great, great friends. Um, we had wonderful chemistry. I mean, that's kind of what Little House was all about, was incredible casting. where all, Everybody had this chemistry and sparks flew, and that's why the show kind of worked. So me and Steve became really good friends. So when he got sick in the 80s, um, he went public with his diagnosis of AIDS long before anybody was doing that. Yeah, like nobody Rock was Hudson doing that in 86. Yeah, Rock Hudson really didn't go public on purpose. Mm -hmm. You know, he wasn't like he could. And so people were not doing it. He was going on talk shows and to magazines saying, yep, I have AIDS and here's how it works. And very brave man. And so when he told me he was sick, I wanted to help. Now, Steve was extraordinarily lucky at that time. He had the full support of his family. His mother and sister flew out from Florida to help uh, and eventually took him home when he was too ill to go on. And then his friends were all behind him 100%. And he had some resources. He had made some money in the show. He had, you know, had uh, put aside some cash and wasn't, you know, dead broke. So he was in a much better position. He was able to avail himself of all the services of AIDS Project Los Angeles and Shanti and everything they had going. Whereas a lot of people were not. Right. And, you know, he talked about that. He said, you know, a lot of people just they're on the street and their parents aren't speaking to them and they, they have no services in their community. He was styling. So I went to AIDS Project Los Angeles and volunteered because there were so many thousands of people who were sick who did not have the resources that Steve Tracy had. Um, and I wound up on the Southern California AIDS hotline and the Speakers Bureau and pretty much everything they had. And... When I saw how panic-stricken people were, and that was the other thing, my phone was ringing off the hook when he went public because sort of like when Linda Evans had kissed Rock Hudson. Yes. Oh, I heard you have AIDS. Right. People were so ignorant. And they had no clue. People thought they were going to get it off doorknobs and from right. mosquitoes. Everyone was just – people were running in circles and screaming and didn't know what was happening. It was just a freaky thing. And when I realized how freaked out everyone was, I thought, wow – I'm in a position to do something. If they're asking me, maybe I should go get the answers. And so I wound up on the AIDS hotline, and I wound up going all over the country and talking to people how you don't get it off a doorknob and how they could help their friends who were sick and what they could do. And and um, 
Yeah, and can, and I can to this day. I mean, um, I've gone out like last year. Uh, there's a marvelous group, uh, AIDS Project of the Ozarks in uh, Missouri. It's doing great work. They're still in business from the '80s, and they're serving a huge population out there. Well, it's, and I, I did a big fundraiser for them. So. It's tragic that you lost him, but how inspiring and what a great legacy for him to leave behind that you have done all of these years of activism. And I, you know, as someone who's HIV positive myself, I want to thank you for that because that's oh, tremendously important. No problem. Well, that's the thing. He was a very brave and active guy. He was a very cool guy. He, you know, back then, you know, obviously did not have the technology or the medications, or the drugs or the research we have now, and it was still very hit and miss. He was submitting himself to experimental drug trials and he was doing one of the ones that was like an interferon thing and injections. Mm -hmm. It was very mm -hmm. unpleasant. And he's talking about the injections were painful, but he carried on. And we said something about, do you think it will work? And he said, oh, no, it's much too late for me. I'm not even doing this for me. The light did it for this others. Drug me, after I'm gone, they may be able to save other people. What a terrific guy. Allison, we have so just that, a, that's the kind of guy we're talking about. Yeah, so. We have just a couple minutes left, and I'm going to lighten oh, things up. Jabbering about the prairie, yes. which is lovely, but... So, dude. I want to first mention that you'll be appearing <laughs> in your one-woman show, Confessions of a Prairie Bitch, at the School of the Arts Ensemble Theater in Rochester, New York, September 21st and 22nd. 20th uh, and 21st and 26th. Three days. There you and go. And you go to rochesterfringe.com. You can get tickets, and it's only 20 bucks. I've Come see me in Rochester. It's awesome. I've seen the show, and it's hilarious. I recommend it highly. Uh, see Allison when she comes to your town. And now we have to quickly play a game called Ask Me No Questions. Ask me no questions. <laughs> okay. Ask me no questions. Yeah. Did you ever make out with another cast member? No. Who is your favorite Brady? Uh, Eve Plum. <laughs> Jan. Did you actually... Yeah, we love Jan. And she's the one who's like, no, I don't like to talk about the Brady Bunch, but she's an awesome person. And she played my mother on Fantasy Island. Go figure. That's crazy. That's totally crazy. Yeah. That's weird <laughs> casting. It's, my, it's the best Fantasy Island episode ever. Okay, F. Mary Kill. Albert oh, Ingalls. Dear. Andrew Garvey. Almanza Wilder. Oh, man. Uh... <laughs> F. Uh, Albert Ingalls. Yes. Well, no. Kill Albert Ingalls because he burned down the blind school. And F. <laughs> Not Andy on purpose. Garvey and totally Mary Almanzo. You would F. Andrew Garvey. Yes. They were brothers, right? The, the actors who played. They, they indeed. Matt Laberto and Pat Laberto and uh, grew up to be both be gorgeous. Beautiful men. They were gorgeous as children. I was a child yep. myself at the time, so it wasn't creepy. Um, <laughs> Gorgeous kids and stunning men. Stunning! Are you yes. close with them? I do. I get to hang out with them sometimes. Uh, Matt's usually in New York, but he's moved back to L.A., and we hung out for the um, 40th anniversary. We got to do the whole thing in the show. And then Pat is in L.A., and Pat works all the time. He's awesome. Awesome. We love him. Yes, we love them. Has any... what, what's great is that we have all these weird prairie reunion events in, like, Minnesota and South Dakota and Wisconsin and stuff where we actually all get together and do stuff. I'm very tight with Miss Beetle and Baby Carrie and Baby Grace. Baby Grace is writing a book. Awesome. All right, Allison, has any man ever asked you to put on the Nelly wig during lovemaking? <laughs> Thank heavens, no. <laughs> Did you ever steal anything from the mercantile? A lot of candy. A lot <laughs> of candy. And finally, what did you really think of Nancy? Oh, my God, she was so psycho. She played it very – I was imperious Betty Davis bitch. She was psycho Patty McCormick bad seed. Yeah, she was the bad seed. Allison Arngrim, you are delightful. Thank you so much for being with us. You can follow Allison at Arngrim, A-R-N-G-R-I-M, on Twitter. You can buy her best-selling book, which was a New York Times bestseller, Confessions yes. of a Prairie Bitch. It's and an audio now. And, and an audio book. And please see her live show uh, once again, she'll be in Rochester the 20th, 21st, and 22nd of September, rochesterfringe.com. Allison, this has been such a pleasure for me. Will you please come back on the show? I will. I will tell them. My website, you can go to bonnetheads.com, like bonnetheads, you fans. It's pretty bonnetheads.com or alisonargram.net and read all the stuff I'm doing. I am everywhere. Thank you. Yes. Thank you, Allison. I love you. Um, Ryan and I will be back next Saturday for a brand new episode of The Adam Sank Show at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Our guests next week will be comedians Kevin Israel and Mike Sicoli. 
Yes, they are delicious. Yes. And we are going to ogle them for the entire interview. Subscribe to the uh, podcast-nominated Derek and Romaine show at DerekandRomaine.com. Do not forget to follow me, me, on Twitter and Instagram at Adam Sank. Email me at Adam at AdamSank.com. Ryan at AdamSank.com. JP at AdamSank.com. Thank you all for listening. I love you. Be safe. Be well. Blessings. Blessings, blessings and favors, and happy Rosh Hashanah. Allison, <laughs> <laughs> thank you.